Welcome to Hala Talk. This is Life in Lockdown Part 2. Now, if you haven't listened to Part 1, obviously go check that out. But what we're doing right now is a three-part series where we interview seniors in high school and their experiences in countries that are being disproportionately affected by the coronavirus, specifically China and Italy. Today's episode will be focusing on China, and we interview my good friend Matt Zhang. Now, you'll notice Bobby Becker is not present for the interview. That's because we're practicing social distancing, and we both urge you to do the same. Now, one thing I will say before the interview plays is you can definitely hear the anxiety in my voice during this interview. You can probably hear it right now, and that's because it's a, it's a scary time. One thing I'll share about me is that I'm a moderate hypochondriac. I get very anxious about the way my body's feeling and specifically medical symptoms, so right now, dealing with a lot of anxiety and if you are too that's perfectly okay don't feel bad about it it's normal everyone has their thing so one thing i will say though is that after doing this interview i felt a lot less anxious because matt's someone who is was in the same position that we're in right now and he's gotten through seven weeks of this and he's totally okay so just hearing him talk about that really comforted me and calmed me down a lot and I hope this interview does the same thing for you. So uh, here's the interview. Hey, what's up, Matt? Hey, what's up, Jack? How you doing? Uh, I'm good. As good as I, I, I can be. Yeah, during a pandemic. Uh, long time, no mm-hmm. speak, I guess. But So you are in China. Where exactly do you live? Uh, Beijing, China, in uh, Shenyi District. So, as most people know by now, the coronavirus, which is sweeping its way across the world and is now very much in America, originated in Wuhan, and I'm sure at that time, you know, here in America we were kind of ignoring the virus, but it was very scary, I'm sure, for you guys early on. So, can you kind of take me through what it was like when Patient Zero was found and this thing started to spread throughout China? Yeah, so the first time I got word... Um, I heard about, you know, this whole thing happening was a few days after I submitted all my college apps. So, you know, like January 3rd, uh, 3rd, January 4th. And um, it was definitely something that not too many people were serious about. At first, people were just like, oh, there's sort of a disease going around. Just wear a mask when you go out. And then a few days develop. um, I'm back. I'm at my grandmother's house um, in Suzhou, China. When um, suddenly we get the we get news that the entire city of Wuhan has been completely shut off. Um, the you need a special pass to drive in the streets. Um, no one can leave or, or exit, and everyone's being quarantined. And it was definitely a very scary situation. Um, people people were were flying everywhere. There were cases being found in like Japan. The um, Japan, Korea, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like all of these, all of these countries, and it was definitely very scary for all of us because um, we ha- China has had experience with this before, with the SARS outbreak in two thousand and three, where. But um, as as we um, as my family and I monitored the amount of cases um, in China, it was growing exponentially, much faster than SARS ever did. SARS, in the end, only affected about 8,000 to 9,000 people. And oh, by wow. the t- and at the time we were looking and checking all of the, 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 the stats and stuff, it was 
it was almost at like 5,000 within, I guess, a week of Wuhan sort of being, being locked, locked down. This, this version, this coronavirus is much more infectious. It may not be as lethal as SARS is, but obviously you look at the statistics, hundreds of thousands have been infected in China. Right. Um, and I, like over, over the world, it's, it's gone way past um, how much, how many people SARS have infected. And it's bad because, you know, you, you never know if it's going to affect someone and mutate and be a lot more lethal. Right. Um, so I think that definitely what I was seeing earlier, you know, on social media, on Western social media, uh, people weren't taking it really seriously. Oh, not at all. Because it wasn't, mm-hmm, because it wasn't a high, there wasn't a high fatality rate. And then now that, that it's all happening, people are finally beginning to realize. And um, I sincerely hope it's not too late, but um, it is definitely much worse than SARS. Yeah, I, I cannot pretend to have not also, you know, at the beginning we kind of all diminished it. And recently I started to realize this thing's going to get really bad. Um, honestly, today's been a terrible day. Just as things continue to escalate, I'm getting very nervous. But in China, my... Um, impression is that you guys have gotten over the peak of the virus so are things generally getting better and at what point did things turn around or am i completely wrong on that as of right now i genuinely have no idea what's happening in china um that is because i mean as you know pretty much everything in china is state controlled you know yeah every, every social media all the news sites um i have to take everything that i read on chinese um news websites and links all of that and you take that with a grain of salt because i'm i cannot be 100 percent sure because one one big thing that happened um was that china changed their criteria for whether someone had coronavirus or not oh. so the the application that i was using to track to look at the stats and everything it went one day it went from ninety thousand or like a hundred something thousand to like twenty thousand the next day and i'm like no way that's possible you know because so basically, they just changed the criteria completely. To make it look better. Um, I have not... Exactly, exactly. You know? um, I would say it definitely has been getting a lot better. Um, there haven't been increases in patients in Beijing. Beijing is all, was always... Um, it was always kept below, I guess, a th- I think 1,000, um, which is really, really good considering how many people are actually in Beijing. Yeah, so that's the government's a reaction has been... Re- yeah, the uh, the government's reaction, how quickly they've done this is, is really, really great to see. But the only problem is, is that this can't happen forever. You know, a vaccine has to happen or it needs to be completely eradicated. But the problem is, is just vaccines take a long time. But I, but if I were to, to honestly guess, judging by everything happening right now, I would say that it is being controlled better than it was before. That's really good to hear, because the game here, I guess, is containment until we're able to get that vaccine. Now, when you talk about the Chinese government and uh, making everything very hush-hush, we, as Americans, like to think we're better than that, but, you know, interestingly enough, that when there was a cruise ship with coronavirus patients, Donald Trump said that he didn't want the ship to unload because he didn't want the number of cases in America to double. So it seems like even we are playing this game of let's try to make everything look as good as possible. And that's really been concerning 
for me personally because we have so few tests. Um, as of March 8th, I think we had five tests per million people in America. So there's a lot of people right now that probably have the virus that we just we don't know that they have the virus. And so I think in the next few days, once more people get tested, diagnosed, and once we get more testing, the panic level is going to rise a lot because people are going to come to that realization that it is actually infecting a lot of people. Now, you talked about Beijing keeping it down to 1,000 cases. That's extremely impressive. So what are some measures that they took to contain this virus? Yeah, so um, I first came back to – oh, actually, I just checked. It's only – it's about 442 people wow. that are suspected to have it. It's not um, – but once again, this is state-controlled, so take okay. it with a, yeah. a grain of salt. Um, so when I was flying, my flight back from to Beijing from Suzhou was very nerve wracking. Um, I pretty much I I'm pretty sure I wore I wore sunglasses. I wore I wore a full N95 mask. Um, it was it was legit. Nobody, not a single person was without a mask at the airport. Um, on my way to the airport, I passed through two toll booths and I got my temperature checked at each one. Um, they have those little those temperature uh, those those um, little guns that they point at your forehead, and it tells and it tells you your temperature. Um, so I got two on the way there, um, and then I got it checked. I think twice more in the airport. All right, so there that's already and much better after, than we have right here. Yeah, um, basically everyone everyone that I saw who was checking my temperature was in a full hazmat suit. They were taking it they were taking it very seriously. Um. And so in Beijing, I this when I got back, I had to stay in quarantine for two weeks, make sure I didn't have it. So I basically just played video games. Yeah, that's <laughs> what we're doing straight. right now. And yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been playing so much Rainbow Six Siege, but um, I went out. The first time I went out was about three weeks after I came back. Uh, I went out to Starbucks for a coffee, and I got my temperature checked about four or five times in the time. I, I was I was on the car. I entered, you know, the the mall where the Starbucks was. I got a check before I entered. I got a check when I went uh, into Starbucks. I went out through a different exit, so I got checked again, and then I got checked on the way home. Wow! At my uh, at my gate. So definitely, it's it's. I think what China's been doing is quite good. Um, in terms of containing everything, there everyone everyone is scared of this virus and i think that's why um beijing has been able to you know reduce the amount yeah so i mean that's drastically different than what we have right here of course things in america are going to change pretty quickly now um can you take me through just the mindset what it's like to be locked in because we're at day two uh of knowing that school is canceled the quarantine idea hasn't really set in yet. The self-isolation idea really hasn't set in yet. So what's it been like mentally? I know you said you've been playing video games. Same here. Well, what's it like being in isolation? Well, it has It has been almost two months, about six, seven, six to seven weeks uh, that I've been sort of, you know, just staying at home. Uh, it's definitely, it's not great. It, it's not great. Um Online learning is a complete mess. Um, nobody, nobody at my school, all my classmates, we have basically no motivation to attend online class because it's kind of like who wants to wake up and 
see their see their teacher on video call nobody <laughs> so <laughs> in terms of, of learning yeah it's not it's not been good you know there's, there's no motivation because there's a chance that our IB exams might be canceled right and because of that everyone's holding on to that little you know that little sliver of hope that they don't have to even bother with school I guess so you know there's motivation levels are all across the board have been low for learning um, outside of that it's definitely it's been weird um, to be completely honest I've been, I've been getting a little sick of my family because they're all I see yeah <laughs> pretty much um, yeah like mentally it has it has not been great but I know but I know, know that I'm in a very lucky situation. And other people are sort of, you know, they're they're scrounging for food because you know there might be shortages somewhere. Right. Um, I haven't had an issue with that. So, all all things aside, you know, with school and sort of just how sad this has all been, I'm still in a very fortunate situation. And unfortunately, that's not the case for a lot of other people in China. Yeah, that's uh, extremely well put. Today, I've been kind of coming to terms with the fact that I might not see my friends for a really long time, and that seems like the end of the world to me. But then, at the same, and it it like it does. It's it sucks. But then, at the same, it does. On the same token, there's going to be a bunch of people, um, older people, immunocompromised people, who are going to die, and then also low income people who are going to really struggle when everything gets thrown out of whack. So, relatively. Um, I'm probably going to have it better than most people, but it's still hard to cope with just because our lives are getting flipped uh, upside down. So I'd like to ask, um, related to the virus, what's the scariest thing you've seen with your own eyes? Wow. Um, I honestly haven't seen that that much, but there was sort of an episode at the airport when this when this older dude, I'd say 50, 55, um, he basically just started, he doubled over and he was just coughing like crazy. And it was, it was very scary. It was very, very scary because even though I have a mask, it doesn't protect me entirely from right. this, from this virus. And so I was basically, I was basically shitting my pants. You know, can I say that? Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. So I basically shot myself. Um, and we basically just got the got the fuck out of there it was it was definitely it was a very scary situation but it's nothing compared to what other people have seen um with my own eyes it's basically i'm still from what i've seen it's nothing i haven't seen anything serious yet so uh as i've mentioned in here in illinois and in america it seems really likely that we're going to have to slowly go into a sort of lockdown situation hopefully i'm wrong but mm-hmm. it just seems like the way that things are trending how do you think that, you know, having that experience yourself, we can mentally prepare for this experience? Anything we should do in advance to prepare? Definitely prepare for boredom. That's that's for sure. You're going to be bored out of your mind for for a long time, you know, because you can't you can't just stay inside, play games and do schoolwork forever. You know, you need to get out, breathe fresh air. Um so definitely what I suggest you do is Try try and fill out that time. You know, it doesn't have to be anything productive. Find a find a new Netflix show to binge. I'm pretty sure I've watched like I, I finished I finished um, the TV show Archer in like two weeks. <laughs> while I was here because that's pretty much all I could do. Right. You know, it's a great show. Um, 
so there's the boredom probably will not it's not really gonna go away but it's just something you you have to deal with and and definitely i would i would recommend that you uh try and exercise as much as you can during all of this because it really it really sort of it really helps you know so you don't get too depressed about this situation um i know that you can't really go out to gyms and stuff but working out in your own house yeah doing like i guess doing some push-ups it definitely helps you know that's what i've been doing and it, it helps a lot with you know this whole situation and as i was saying about video games play games with your friends you know video call your friends you know because you're all in the same situation so it's not like anybody doesn't have the time to call you or whatever yeah so try it Try and keep up human interaction as much as you can in these situ- in, in the, the circumstances. You can't really, but I have been out of the house a few times to see friends. Um, it's really not too big of a deal. You know, although I've been stuck in my house all the time, I'm content to sort of hang out with my buddies and like in their houses or something because it's just nice to have to to see another human. That's not you know your your mom, your dad, your brother, your sister, or something like that. Now, you said you do see your friends a few times in person. So at what point did you go from like complete self-isolation to having the flexibility to, to see other people? Apart from the Starbucks visit I mentioned earlier, uh, I had to stay basically a month uh, at, my, at my own house, just, just chilling. <laughs> and, uh, and then I went, to, I went over to my friend's place, which is about 10 minute, like a 10-minute drive from mine. And it was, I definitely, you don't have to wait a month. I would have to say, I guess, two weeks. But um, the problem is, you know, the whole reason I had to stay for two weeks was because I had just flown in. So I wasn't able to leave anyways. Oh. I would honestly say at this point, you could go out and see your friends, but you have to be as careful as possible. Um, have you have you stocked up on, on masks and stuff? So the sentiment we've been given is that the masks won't do anything to help you not get sick but it'll help you not get other people sick so i know my family we don't have any masks we have been stocking up on food because my dad's concerned about the supply chain getting all screwed up yeah that's um, good but we, that's we do good. not have any masks i really have not seen many americans wear masks yeah um yeah um i do agree i mean the masks that i'm wearing aren't necessarily to protect myself. It's pretty I'm not like, oh, because I'm wearing this mask, I'm invincible. It's mainly, it's just so, it's just because what, <clears throat> I guess I wear it because what little it, it may do, like I could use it in case I actually run into someone. And if someone does have it and they have a mask on, it would protect me from them. So I think that's why everyone's wearing a mask because the the symptoms for this thing, they don't, they don't start happening until... I guess a week, maybe ten days, ten days after you first get it. So everyone's just taking that precaution to sort of do it. I mean, man, this is just—it's a crazy situation, but it is reassuring to hear. You know, you say, "Yeah, it was boring, but getting through it. You're healthy. You don't personally know anyone with the disease. Um, Beijing, big city, but the cases are going down. So um, for." us Americans, do you think we should be concerned right now or just ready for some tougher times? How, I mean, you never want to say panic, but do you think we can get through this and, and, uh, ultimately come out? Okay. Yeah, I think, I think we can get out of this. Okay. 
Um, I have I have faith in well, not too sure about my my government, but I have faith <laughs> in the American government. <laughs> um, I def I definitely do. You know, I mean, I I watched Trump's uh, address to the nation. It was like eight minutes, and the only thing I got from it is that he's going to put a lot of money into this, which is really good to hear. Uh, but I think I would honestly have to say prepare for some tough times because I mean, I, I saw, I saw a bunch of articles about people buying up toilet paper. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like that shouldn't be, it shouldn't be people's first instinct. No. For sure. My first instinct was to stock up on junk food. Yeah. Uh, but that stuff lasts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Um, Tough times are, are probably going to come. You know, the vaccine, a vaccine isn't in the foreseeable future. I guess not one that can be given to everybody. But I definitely, I have faith that, you know, because this, although it is a new virus, we have studied the family of virus that it belongs to. You know, I mean, if, if SARS was contained, why can't, why can't this virus be contained? Obviously, you know, it's, it's much different than SARS, as I said, but I, I think I think that we can all get through this because everyone everyone's everyone's taking charge on this. You know, nope. I think now you know with Canada and America and Italy being affected, um, people are starting to see this a lot more seriously. It's a very good point. And that's and mm-hmm. and yeah, as you said, I think you know we have a lot of really smart people on this planet that are going to be working towards that goal of developing a vaccine and helping us contain this thing. And throughout human history, we have been able to overcome these things. And it's not going to come without a lot of loss and probably a lot of scary times and boring times. But hopefully, um, it sounds like, you know, we will be able to contain this thing and we will be able to find a way out of this, even if it's uh, not a very smooth road. I think, yeah, because uh, I guess I guess in the situation you could say that the ends justifies the means. You know, I mean, the the whole Wuhan lockdown thing has been has been pretty has been pretty fucked up. At yeah. least from from you know what I know, a lot of you know like their 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 internet is being tweaked with, so they can't really communicate with people outside of the city. I'm sure you guys I'm sure you guys have heard about that by now. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah. Um. So, you know, my heart definitely goes out to all the people stranded and stuck, stuck in that place, you know, and, and all the, all the doctors, all the nurses working their, their asses off to, to cure, to cure these people. Uh, this, this was definitely not a situation that I could have ever predicted heading into this year. Um, it's definitely thrown a wrench into, you know, uh, grad trips, everything, and and yeah, it sucks because it's gonna pre- it's it's gonna happen. I think it might happen to you guys. Honestly, I want to yeah. be honest with you guys. I, I completely and, agree. You know, yeah, I mean, and graduate graduation might be pushed back. You might have to do it online. Um, I mean, ours ours might be online as well. You know, and and we might not take exams, and or or the, the IB is gonna force us to leave the country and take our exams, which I think personally is kind of fucked up. I agree, but. I mean, it, it's honestly just the way things are right now. So, as I said before, you just you just have to mentally prepare yourself as best as you can, fill up that time, you know, and don't don't do any don't do anything stupid. 
because the amount of times I've wanted to just leave my house, get on a taxi, you know, go downtown and see my friends. This happened so many times. And I've almost done it like 10 times. But, you know, looking back now, at the end, at the end of the day, I'm safe. Um, I can get, I have, I have all the, everything I need, you know, food, water, shelter, and video games, you know? <laughs> so it is, yeah, I mean, this, this situation is completely... It's pretty mind-blowing, honestly, still, to me this day. All right, well, it's been super insightful to hear your perspective on it just because you're also an 18-year-old guy. Um, you know, we went to USC together this summer, worked on movies yeah, together. Uh, yeah, And um, so I, I really value your perspective, you know, because you know exact. I feel like we're going to be thinking you. about this very similarly. Uh, you said video games, and we just built a massive Minecraft server because I have a feeling we're going to be living oh, virtually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we were doing that the other day. Oh, it was, really? It was crazy. We beat the Ender Dragon in like three hours. Nice. <laughs> when yeah, when people work together in Minecraft, it's it really inspires a lot of hope in humanity because you can accomplish so much. It's it's nuts. Exactly. But there is one more thing that I kind of want to talk about. Uh, yeah. It's a little more on the serious note. Absolutely. And I'd say it's more of a message. I'm I'm sure none of your friends are like this, but you know I've been seeing there's been so much xenophobia. Yeah, you know, towards towards Asians. Um, ever since this happened, you know, um, people are making jokes about this thing. All of that, you know, the amount of times I've entered like a multiplayer game and I see a guy who's named like coronavirus, and, and, and it's just like these are these are sort of, sort of small things that are just like, dude, why are you not taking this seriously? You know, and, and it's and it's quite infuri- infuriating to see as someone who's you know kind of stuck in the middle of this. So. Um, and and um, so just just so much sort of anger and hate towards has been directed towards us Chinese people, and not just Chinese people towards Asians as well. Yeah. You know uh, the whole bat thing that happened. Um, there was that photo going around. It literally got debunked that it, it was taken by it was taken outside of China and it, and the person eating it. I don't even think the woman was Chinese. The whole point was that that's the photo with the woman eating the bat was not in China. Yeah. But, you know, when that when that sort of thing gets out, it sort of it spreads like wildfire. You know, everyone everyone believes it. Um, and there's been videos of, you know, Asian people being attacked on the streets you know, because people think they have the virus. And it, it fucking sucks, to be completely honest. Yeah. It, it sucks to see all of this happening, even though, you know, they're. They're Asian Americans, or they've been in America for a really long time, and they shouldn't have anything to do with this. You know, and I think that, that thing that we are regressing as people in this time, you know, when in reality we should be sort of coming together and uniting to fight this sort of thing. So, and so um, yeah, so I guess the message is just that don't spread hate. <laughs> I guess it's as simple as that. It's just, just put, just try and put yourselves. This is the message to people who are, you know, being racist and all this stuff. Just put yourselves in our shoes. You know, no, nobody, nobody actively wanted this, this virus to happen. You know, we, we all have lives. We're normal people. You know, nobody, nobody wanted to get the virus and travel everywhere. You know, there are some anomalies in that, but, but for the most part, I just, I just don't really understand the hate 
that's being directed towards us. And so I just, you know, the message is just that, please just take a moment before you write something hurtful, just, or say something hurtful, just take the time to put yourselves in our shoes and understand, try your best to understand what we're going through. A really amazing point. And, uh, something I'll add is that I think as this virus continues to get worse, we're going to see a lot of people do and say really stupid stuff because in modes of panic, people seem to really just throw all their values and decency out the window and we're just reduced to our worst selves. So I think it's super important to try and remember this virus. It's a great equalizer. It affects everyone. We're all in this together and we shouldn't be, you know, uh, attacking each other over it. We should be supporting each other. So yeah, I think that was, that was a, a great point. I'm, I'm glad you made it because a lot of people need to hear it. Um, are there any more questions, you know, from, from any, from any of your followers? Yeah. A lot of the questions were directed at Italy and we covered them in our last interview, but I mean, you really covered Uh, all the bases, I guess, actually the one more question I'd ask, um, in terms of the hospitals in China and medical care, have you had sufficient room to handle all of the cases or are the hospitals being overflowed? Let's see. Uh, in in Beijing, I don't. They haven't really been overflowed, but, uh, because you know, as it's been contained really well. But in Wuhan, you know, everybody knows that they had to pretty much build an entire hospital from scratch in like ten days, which, you know, which which we actually managed. Very which, impressive. Um, and yeah, it, it was. I was I was I was looking at photos. And I was like, what the fuck? How do you do that in ten days? And so, you know, the, the hospitals here haven't really been a big issue, but I know they have in other places. Because, you know, you take, you take someone with the virus into, into a hospital, think about, like, the chances of it spreading to everyone in the building are so, so high. So, you know, every, everyone's terrified. People don't want to go to the hospital because if they go and they, they don't, because if they go to get tested and they don't have it, chances, chances are they would have gotten infected. When they went inside the hospital, right? Because they actually, yeah, so, exactly, Crazy. exactly. So, yeah, it's 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 scary for a lot of people to go to the hospital. Luckily, I haven't had any any health issues. I actually, um, I actually got the flu before sort of like the panic in China started coming out, and then after I recovered from the flu, and I found out about the virus, I was like, holy shit, that I have it. <laughs> and it, it was, and then it was a whole scary episode for me. Yeah, it, it coincided. It coincided with flu season here. Right. You know, half of my half of my grade was sick during our mocks, and um, and then after everyone was was basically shitting themselves, like, what if I gave my family coronavirus? It's just luckily, <laughs> luckily I didn't. But yeah. it's you know, the hospitals. The hospitals are they're definitely. They're, I think they're still packed right now. That's for sure. Yeah, that's a that's a big fear here as well. Because my dad's a doctor, he's been talking about this threat of a surge of cases that overwhelms the hospital, and then we don't even have the medical resources to give adequate treatment to all these people. So, just a lot of scary hypotheticals floating around here. But it's good to hear that you know, despite all the panic, uh, China is at least on the road to recovery, and you're doing well. So, love to hear that. Of course, stay safe, stay healthy, and uh, as I said before, I. Can't thank you enough for 
uh, sitting down and talking to me on the phone. It's been truly eye-opening. Yeah, of course, man. Same to you. Uh, thank you for giving me this opportunity, you know, uh, because however many long paragraphs I can type on my and put on my story about the situation, it doesn't really get through everyone. And I think that this this does give me the opportunity to to talk about this and for people to actually listen. Yeah, so, I'm really yeah, excited to thank you. Thank to sh- going to share this with as many people as possible, and we have a pretty decent audience on the podcast. So just hoping to spread this message uh, all around our community, get people you know up to date, and for for me as well, like just having this conversation, so interesting. I, you know, who cares that the mic's in front? I've learned so much just talking to you about this. So um, I really uh, enjoyed it, and you know, hopefully once we get over all this pandemic stuff. We can reunite in Hollywood, work on some movies together. Oh, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Another thing is, uh, if you have film portfolio to work on, whether it's for school or anything, uh, I would honestly just say do it now. Do it now before it gets worse, because I can't shoot anything. I've got my IB film portfolio due in about a few weeks. I can't. I haven't been able to shoot anything, so I just have to pray that my old projects are enough. Yeah, I have enough of my old projects to throw in there, you know, and BS about. So it's for for, yeah. So this is kind of back to to online learning. It is gonna be hell. You're gonna wake up in the morning and just hate your teachers' faces. Yeah. And it, um, but you know, it's it's the only thing that we can do. It's right. The only thing that we can do. It's it's the decision that had to be made, but it's definitely very far from no school. E learning's gonna stink. Yeah. I actually had yeah, a movie I've, I've been working on. I'm super excited about, and I've got a pretty bad feeling that it is not going to be produced, which sucks because yeah. I wrote it for it characters does. based on my friends. They were going to be played by my friends, and we're not going to be able to film it. So, yeah, a lot of sacrifices we had to make. But as you said before, there are other people who are going to be disproportionately affected by this thing, and in reality, that's more of a minor struggle so it's hard to balance all these things but you know we got to do what we got to do but yeah but uh yeah and so one more thing about that uh i don't want to drag this on too long oh it's okay despite the fact that maybe most of you know you and i and maybe some most of your viewers will have it much easier than others it it doesn't mean that you should take you should be sort of you know, less careful or and take less care of your mental health. Yeah. You know, it's still important. Whether depend regardless of our status, we need to maintain self care. You know, whether whether you do that through video games, whether you do that through exercise, whether you do that through you know whatever, self care is incredibly important, especially when you're quarantined. You know, by yourself with with your family. You know, so you know. <clears throat> Take a break from school, you know, call a friend, take a break, take a break, uh, do something with your parents, you know, just, you, you need to be aware of your mental health during this sort of thing. Yeah, am- amazing point. Uh, this has been exactly what I was hoping for. Just great advice that awesome. we all need to hear. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry we have to cut this off, but uh, it's been great talking yeah, to you. Uh, same here. Thank you so much, Matt, yeah, and here. hope to talk to you again uh, again soon. Stay safe and healthy, and yeah, thank you.